Amen. As we greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Sister Macy just gave an apology. Brother Mandla is running a bit late. Oh, he's here. And Brother Freddy is held up as well. Amen. God bless you richly. God bless you richly, church. Amen. Amen. Without waste of time, let's go to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. The book of Philippians, chapter 4, from verse 6 to 13.13. Amen. It's fine. Um, Philippians chapter 4, from verse 6 to 13. We just want to congratulate Sister Winnie. Apparently, she was selected as the best painter in the country. Amen. God bless you richly. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the creativity. Amen. Uh, it reads in this manner, if it is found, uh, should we read it together? Are you ready? Amen. Amen. Uh, okay, repeat after me. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. I want to hear you. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Amen. I know maybe uh, is your request able to go parallel with thanksgiving? Hallelujah. Most of the time we bring requests, but without thanksgiving. Can your request go with? Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. I think as we read, we lose some people. Let them come back. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Verse 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and had and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. 
that now at the last at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Wherein you were also careful. But you lacked opportunity. Verse 11. Now, not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Did we catch it? In whatsoever state he is in, therewith to be content. Verse 12. I know both how to be abased. I know how to abound. And everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 18. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Do you believe that this evening that you can do everything through Christ who strengthens you? Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, just want to commit the service to you as we'll be speaking around your weight. We are solemnly depending on your grace. Dear God, people have got expectations, people have got needs, people have got requests, but this evening we approach you with a thanksgiving attitude. And we appreciate you for having preserved us, especially we realize a lot of things could have gone wrong, but the reason things were intact is because we worship a God who is in charge. And that is why we want to commit the service to you, we want to commit the reading of the way to you for your glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats for a few minutes. Amen. Now, just a couple of minutes, we want to speak on contentment. Are you with me? Amen. I want us to speak on contentment. Meant. Amen. Before I get there, we just received the news that Billy Graham has passed away at the age of 99. Amen. I don't know, maybe I might say this, I may have to say this. Brother Branham says the uh, Oral Roberts and Billy Graham were the messengers that were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah. Is in, is there in the book. Oral Roberts and Billy Graham were messengers that were sent to Sodoma and Gomorrah. Hallelujah. And, and if you know, when it came somewhere where I think uh, where people tampered with the tapes, Brother Branham was aggrieved because some tampered with the tape to make it sound like Brother Branham said, Billy Graham and Oral Roberts are of Sodom. And that was not the case. They were sent to Sodom. And who sent them to Sodom? It is the Almighty God. Are we together? To go out there. uh, But we know that Melchizedek remained with with Abraham. 
Are we together? Oral Roberts and Billy Graham were not sent to us. They were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah. William Brenham was sent to us. Uh, are we together? Amen. Abraham, seven letters ending with him. Brenham, seven letters ending with him. Hallelujah. And that is where we are. But uh, I want to ask you a question that the messengers that were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah, all of them are now gone. Hallelujah. So that means Bill Graham is no longer out there preaching in Sodom and Gomorrah. Oral Roberts is not out there preaching in Sodom and Gomorrah. And as soon as the angels left Sodom and Gomorrah, the two angels, as soon as they, were, they left Sodom and Gomorrah, fire rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I don't know whether you're with me. As long as the angels were in Sodom and Gomorrah, fire never rained. But as soon as the angels were left Sodom and Gomorrah, fire rained. Could it mean that uh, there was one man that was still remaining and it was Billy Graham and he's gone? The two messengers are gone. Oral Roberts and Billy Graham, to me, scripturally tells me that fire is about to be rained. Uh, do, you get, do you get the spiritual significance of this? Uh, and if fire rains down there, the rapture must take place here. There has got to be a body change. Are you with me, folks? I hope you understand the season and the time where we find ourselves. These are one of the junctures. We are at another juncture. Hallelujah. Uh, but I'm not on that. I just wanted to put it across to you that uh, Billy Graham is no more. Amen. At the age of 99, he is no more. Amen. Now, I, I want to speak on contentment. Contentment, we can say, it's a, it's a state. Maybe the dictionary might say, but I don't think it sufficiently uh, captures what I want to speak about. It may say it is a, a state of satisfaction or it's a state of happiness. But maybe for me I can say it's a state of settlement. Are you, are you here, church? Amen. Can you say Amen. amen. All right, I just want to make sure that you are here. Amen. Now, con- and, and maybe we can say what brings contentment, what brings a person to a state where they are settled. Hallelujah. Uh, we'll get into that. Are we together? Maybe before I get into the quotations, brother, if you can bring this diagram so that we can say what it says and disagree with what it says. Uh, is there a reason why it's not in the middle? Okay, God bless you. I was quite amazed that it's going to be half. Amen. Uh, this, this is a, uh, one of the renowned, uh, I don't know whether to call him a psychologist, or what he he wanted to to look at the the hierarchy of human needs and say what what are the need, what needs 
are there that once they are fulfilled, a human being can be content, can be settled. Amen. I'm not presenting a psychology class. Don't worry. Uh, there's somewhere where I want to disagree with him because he's a leading mind, uh, especially when it comes to the studies or behavioral studies. And this man was Abraham uh, uh, Maslow. Maslow, this they call it Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mr. Maslow indicated that for a human being to be happy, the first thing that has got to be fulfilled in his life is what he called physiological needs. He mentioned that there's got to be an air for a human being to breathe, there's got to be water to be consumed by our food, to be consumed by the human being, and as well as clothing and shelter. Then he regarded that as physiological needs. And he says once these needs have been fulfilled, then the second layer, it has to be a need of safety and security that has got to be fulfilled, which will talk to personal or financial security, health, so you one has got to be healthy. Are we together? Now, and then he moved and said, once the two layers have been fulfilled, uh, there is a third layer, and he speaks about love and belonging. So that means once a person has been provided with shelter, food, and air, and once they've got a sense of security, and he says now they've got to find a community where they belong in. Uh, are you with me? Uh, and that is why where you find that uh, you've got to have a family that you need to be part of. You've got to have a community that you've got to be part of. Are we together? And it says once this has been fulfilled, then it gets to a stage where a human being has got a need for esteem. Uh, uh, the human being wants to be accepted and be valued by others. Are, are you still with me? And it says once this is done, then you reach uh, the final stage. It speaks about self-actualization. Self-actualization, it means a state where a human being reaches and feels that I don't need anything anymore. Are we together? Uh, this, this is what he said. Is this, he said these are the hierarchy of needs. But I want to disagree with Mr. Maslow and say the need, what the human being needs as a fundamental need, it is not so much about shelter. It is not much about food, it's not much about security, it's not about a sense of belonging, it's not about esteem, it's not about self-actualization. A human being needs God. Uh, are you with me? A human being needs God. So that means from where I'm sitting, you can have physiological needs, you can have safety, you can love and uh, have a sense, a sense of community, you can have an esteem, you can feel like you are satisfied, but without Christ, you can never have the inner peace. Uh, are you here, church? Uh, amen. And that's where I'm going to speak about. So I wanted to show you that, that uh, people strive wherever you find some people and, 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 and you get a sense that all of us and the reason we work and we do all the things is because we want our physiological needs to be fulfilled. 
And once they are fulfilled, then we begin to speak about how healthy are we, do we have financial security, and once we have done that, then we want to belong to a community, and that gives us a sense of worth where we've got a self-esteem. But I want to tell you that without Christ, your physiological needs can be fulfilled. Your safety needs can be fulfilled. Any other need can be fulfilled, but we will still be without inner peace. I know it's difficult to preach these things, especially in our time where people think a bigger car means a bigger fulfillment. It's none of those things, folks. We all need Christ. Are you here, church? Can you repeat after me? We need Christ. I want you to say it like you mean it. We need Christ. We don't need a bigger car. We don't need a, 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 a better house. We need Christ. Are, you, are we together? And that is why I want to speak to you about contentment. And Paul says something here which is very, very profound to me. He says, not that I speak in respect of one, maybe... To give you a background, brother, you can remove the diagram. I'm done with the diagram. Now, just to give you a perspective of the text that we have read, we pick up that uh, this was during the time when Paul was in prison. And he was waiting to be executed, meaning he was waiting to be killed. And while he was there, the Philippians remembered and sent him a love offering. And when they sent him the love offering... Then he wrote back to them. But when he wrote back to them, he wanted them to understand that the love offering that they gave him, although he appreciated it, but it's not, it was not the source of his happiness. Are you here, folks? Are you here, church? He says, uh, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. This is a man in prison, this is a man in unpleasant uh, uh, conditions or environment, but he says, I have learned to be content despite the state in which I find myself in. And my question this evening is, have you learned to be content despite the state that you may find yourself in? Uh, are you a believer? Uh, 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 and I'm saying the devil respects the people whose praise is immune from external circumstances. Hallelujah. If, if, if your praise to God depends on material gain, you have not matured as a believer. Hallelujah. Real believers, they worship God and praise God when there is abundance and even when there is scarcity. Hallelujah. Job praised God when he had. Job praised God when he did not have. Job was a real believer. And God is looking for such a material in the end time to say, even when I have, I will praise God. Even when I don't have, I will praise God. When I'm sick, I will praise God. When I'm healthy, I will praise God. When I'm rich, I will praise God. When I'm poor, I will praise God. When I'm stronger, I will praise God. When I'm weaker, I will praise God. No matter what, I will praise God. No matter in what state I find myself in. Are you such a believer tonight? 
Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Brenham, he speaks about in the message, the life story, which is my favorite quotations and quotation, and it has helped me quite a lot over the years that I've been in the message. And Brother Brenham was speaking about the time when he was married to uh, Sister Hope, where they did not have much. They were just poor, as poor as they can be. But Brother Brenham, he makes a phrase, he says, those were the happiest moments in his life. And I'm saying, why would a man say at a phase in his life where he was the most poorest? Then he comes around, he says, but that was the the phase where I was the happiest man. Are you with me, believers? Brother Brenham says in this message, the life story, he says, happiness does not consist of how much of the world's goods you own. I'll repeat that. Happiness does not consist of how much of the world's goods you own, but how content you are with the portion that has been allotted to you. Hallelujah. Brother Bram says, just make yourself content as long as one thing that brings contentment and that alone is Jesus Christ. Did you hear him? The only thing that brings contentment in a human's life is Jesus Christ. Uh, We together. So happiness does not depend on material gain. And while at it here, this is where we need to advise even the young ones, especially the newlyweds. The happiness in marriage does not depend on material success. Happiness in marriage depends on God taking the preeminence in that marriage. Uh, we together. And while I read Brother Brandon in the message, uh, uh, choosing the bride, he says, I officiated marriage. And later I went back, he says, the young man that I officiated his marriage, he came there and he had this beige pants. And he says, I looked at him, the young boy disparately needed a haircut. And he said, you could see that they were as poor as they could be. And he says, the bride had to hitchhike to come to where the ceremony was going to be. And when she got there, Brother Brandon picked up that she did not have shoes. And Brother Brandon said, I looked at the young man and I said, you love this young woman? And are you going to provide for her? He says, Brother Brennan, I love her. I'll work as much as I can to provide for her. And he turned around, spoke to the young woman and said, this man, what will happen if this man, he gets retrenched? Are you going to run back to your folk? The young woman said, I love my husband. I'll stick with my husband. Brother Brennan says, when I saw such love, it made me to be so humble. And it says, that six months down the line, I went to do the house visit. I went to a couple that I had officiated that came from the rich family. When I got there and I was about to knock, I could hear that there was an argument. The husband accusing the wife that they were at a certain party and the wife was flitting with another man. And as soon as they heard me knocking, they immediately pretended that everything was fine. Brother Brenham says it was a painted fire. 
And he says, I went down the road. I went to check on that poor couple. When I got there, they were there. He says it was a sweet and a pleasant argument because they were talking about the new dress that the husband was about to buy for the woman. And the woman said, no, it is not needed now. I don't think you can afford it. I love you even if you don't buy a dress for me. Brother Bram said, that is happiness. What is the difference, folks? With the one family, God was in the family. Another family, God was not in the family. Riches is not God. Riches will never bring contentment. God or the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that can bring contentment. Are you with me, folks? Amen. So we want to speak about uh, contentment. Uh, Sometime... uh, I think it was Brother Watts, he once spoke about something about the red race, that in the end time we're engaged in the red race. The red race, it simply means, is where you try your best to be better than Jones, and uh, you come under immense pressure and so forth. But in our time, we, Brother Brenham says, we live during an erratic age, but I will come to that one. In the message, why are people so toast about Paragraph 80, I've realized people are being tossed about. And in our time, what I've picked up, people chase a mirage. And a lot of times, I think the likes of Sister Maria in their senior years, these are the people that are quite content because they know that we tried that, it never worked. We tried that, it never brought happiness. But since we have tried Christ, he has brought happiness. Uh, are we together? Young ones, while they are still young, they think that a better car, a better house, a better job, a better salary is none of those things, folks. Are, are you with me? He says in this message, why are people so toast about paragraph 80? He says, you'll find them, people who seem to be very religious, seem to have such a deep desire And daily they search and hunt and seek for God and never come to any settlement of any kind to where they could ever be settled or anchored in Christ. This I've learned to be in experience that it is the people of intellectuals. They never get anchored in Christ. They don't have settlement. He says one of them in in an intellectual or mental conception and that God has set in his way of Jesus Christ by the way of knowledge. The other is an experimental experience that God has given the man in his heart. So you've got two groups of people, one with mental conception, the next one with an experimental experience or a personal experience of what God has put into their hearts. Are we together? He says the one intellectually is hungering. He's feasting on God. But his feast doesn't hold out. He's feasting. Uh, have you realized that today, wherever you go, you find that this one reads these books, it gives them a vava vum for a week. They go and jump on another book, they'll go and jump on another podcast before no long, but they are not satisfied. They don't come to a state where they are settled. But uh, Brother Bram says the other one seems to have victory all the time. The one that has got a personal experience seems to have victory at all times. When you find yourself having the ups and the lows, you must check whether you have a personal experience. 
I don't know, I don't say you're not going to come across challenges. The journey of life is that you'll come on the mountaintop and you'll go down to the valley. But a Christian, it doesn't matter whether they're on the mountaintop, God is still God. Even when they're down in the valley, God is still God. So until the devil it gets confused that this guy take him, I allow him to go to the mountain top, he praises God. I allow him to come to the valley, he praises God. But if you come to the valley and you begin to even want to curse God, then the devil realizes I've got a hold of them. Are we together? And it may mean that it is an intellectual conception. It is not based on experience. Are you still with me? The other one seems to have victory all the time. There is nothing bothering them. They are just as solid and anchored as they can be. No trials, no storms bothers them at all. But they seem to have something about them that people or who are Christians are trying to live for God and admire that type of a Christian. Even when we are in an assembly like this, there are certain Christians that you can admire. When they go through a tough time, they don't move. They remain unshaken. They remain, their confession remains intact. Their conf- convictions remain intact. But others, as soon as the stop comes, they even want to renounce the message and say, this is nothing. We are not interested in that type of believers. We are interested in the believers that can go through the heat and still say, God is God. Are we together? And renounce the devil and say, devil, I may be in an undesirable condition, but you are still an old liar. I will not believe your message. I will believe God's message. We are interested in such believers, folks. And it says, it continues in this very same message why people are toast about. He says, a Christian is not toast about. That means there is a, a settlement in a Christian. Why? We live, folks, we live during a, an era of alternatives. And what brings pressure in the end time, it's an alternative. The reason you cannot keep an employee is because there is an alternative boss. And I can take it further. The reason some cannot even keep a marriage partner is because there is an alternative partner. Hallelujah. The reason some cannot remain in the message is because there is an alternative message. The reason some cannot remain long enough to save the God that we serve is because there are alternative gods. The reason people cannot follow this prophet long enough is because there are alternative prophets. But blessed are those people that are not looking for the alternative that say, this comes from God, I will stick to it, I'm here for a long haul. Are you here, folks? I hope we are together. A Christian is not to toast about. Have you picked up in our time? People are not easily satisfied. They get satisfied for a season, and later, uh, 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 and maybe uh, there is a, a concept uh, that they use in economic terms, but I will just give you uh, so that you understand what we mean. They say if I don't know whether it has happened to you. Sometimes you come, you are very, you are craving for a hot cup of coffee. And you make a hot cup of coffee and you, you take a sip, you enjoy the cup, 
and the way you have enjoyed it, then later you want the second cup. How many have picked up that the second cup is not as satisfactory as the first one? Are you here, folks? Because the more you consume something, your satisfaction towards that thing, it drops. The more consumption goes higher, the satisfaction drops. But I want to tell you about one thing that is unlike a cup of coffee. You can drink it, you can drink it, and the first, second cup is like the first cup. The third cup is like the first cup. The seventh cup is like the first cup. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear me on that one, folks? Hallelujah. If you read read the scripture, it creates a a desire for another scripture. If you listen to this message, it creates a desire for another message. If you listen to this text, it creates a desire for another. Because why? It is moving you from glory to glory, from power to power. It moves from you, from revelation to revelation. And the more you consume the message, if your satisfaction drops, you need a place at the altar. You need a place at the altar. And in the end time, a lot of people really need a place at the altar. Amen. Are we together? A Christian is not toast about. Young woman, hear me. A Christian man is not toast about. Young man, hear me. A Christian young woman is not toast about. A Christian doesn't run from place to place. Hallelujah. Do you see the people in our time running from place to place? What, what, what is it that made the serpent to deceive Eve? The serpent gave Eve an illusion that there is something better than what God has already given to her. What, what, in the end time, what makes the uh, even message people to move away from the message is because the devil has created an illusion that something is better. I want to say to you, I don't need a new revelation. If I find a new revelation, but I don't find it in the message, I'm unapologetic, I will reject such revelation. Are we together? Whatever we need for the journey, it's already contained in the message. I'm not looking for a new preacher. I'm fine with the preacher that I found, which is Malachi 4. I'm not looking for a new experience. I'm fine with the old-fashioned experience that I've gotten from God. I'm not looking for a new revelation. I'm fine with the revelations that are contained in the message. We are not looking for anything new. Whatever we want, it's available. And because of the appetite for new stuff, oh, can you allow me to preach? I, I was amazed. I think it's the mother, Sister Kadiwa from Zimbabwe. She was telling me we had a fellowship in my house. And she said, you know, Brother Madiba, in the early stages in Zimbabwe, young girls who used to wear dresses that were just lightly, or she said all of us as women, we used to wear dresses that were slightly below the knees. And it says when the South African sisters started coming to Zimbabwe, and we saw that their dresses were going all the way to the feet. 
Then we admired and we started saying, we need to change that. And that's when they went all the way down. I said, Sister Kadiwa, the problem today, South African women are now bringing it higher. Uh, yes, I know what I'm talking about. Young ones, they keep on posting on social media and say, look at Becky. And they're looking at Brother Brenham's daughter who's got just a skirt below the knees. And the skirt that is below the knees, when you take the seat, it's a skirt above the knees. Are you here? Are you here, young ones? Are we together? I was with my wife where it's a certain wedding on, I was watching the young ones. I said to my wife, I said, look, no one is wearing a long dress. But all of them claim to be message believers. Slightly below the knees, tight, and they say, Malachi 4. Who are you fooling? You are not a message believer. If you dress like that, I want to say you are not a message believer. Let's say you go to a message church. You may be going to a message church. I don't say you are not reading the spoken word. You may be reading the spoken word, but you are not a message believer. Are you here, church? I know he's beginning to make you uncomfortable. Then they post the picture of Becky with her with her skirt slightly below the knees. And they say, look at Brother Brenham's uh, 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 daughter. Brother Brenham says, Mida is having a problem with Becky with the way she dresses. So it tells you that there is a demon that was in the Brenham family and that the prophet wanted to kick out. But believers, because of lack of maturity, they look at the demon that the prophet is trying to get rid in his house. They say, we want the demon that used to be in Brother Branham's house to be in our house. Are you here, church? If a demon is in the pastor's house, it's still a demon. I'll repeat, if a demon is in the pastor's house, it's still a demon. And the pastor, while the pastor is trying to get rid of it, some they admire and say, we want that demon in our house. <laughs> lack of maturity, lack of discernment. Amen. I'm told these days, even dressing, there's a material that you normally use to make t-shirts. The material that you make, use to make t-shirts is a very fine material. And as soon what used to be a material that makes the t-shirt, sisters, they can wear long dresses with that material. But as soon as she moves her leg, it shapes everything. Amen. Why? It's because the design, we are looking for new things. We are not satisfied. Why? Because one remark makes you like you feel like you are an old woman. Amen. A Christian is not toast about. A Christian doesn't run from place to place. A Christian doesn't fast and fume and worry about things. The, the worry it was brings a sense of unsettlement. He says, a Christian rests. It's all over. It's all finished for the believer at Calvary. That's right. 
Oh, sickness may come and disappointments, but the Christian, the Christian is at rest knowing this, that God is able to keep that which he has performed. That's what brings an inner peace. Knowing that no matter what the thing is or how it looks like, there is neither sickness, sorrow, death, there is neither starvation or anything that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. We are resting. The, just let the old sheep toes anyway she wants to. The anchor holds. Hallelujah. When Job, his ship was tossed about, but the anchor held. Are we together? Job says, God had given and God has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm saying, are you such a believer that can say, God has given and God has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And believers, in the end time, the Bible says that the hour cometh where the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Not in a circumstances, not in a place where maybe there is a vavavu, but even when there is an excitement, the believer will still worship God. And in the end time, people are saying, maybe the church must be entertaining to attract young people. The Bible never said we must use entertainment. The Bible says we must use the unadulterated word of the living God. The weight will attract the weight material. Are we together? And once a believer receives the weight, it brings a total settlement. Why? Because the weight brings a total deliverance. And a lot of times, a lot of times when us, we are, most of us are unsettled, it's because we are not yet delivered from our habits. We are not yet delivered from our weaknesses. But I'm saying, once you yield yourself to the way, it will bring a total settlement. Are there young people here? Are there young people here? When you believe this message, and you totally surrender to this message, and you live according to the principles of this message, there is nothing that the devil will do to shake you. You will remain grounded. You will be like a tree that's planted by the water. You will remain immovable. Are we together? And in the end time, we are looking for the people that are immovable. And that's why we appreciate the people that have long been in the message, our elders that have been in the message, that have been consistent in the message. How many doctrines came up in the message? Many doctrines. And how many ran after them? Are you here? I just sent, uh, I think it was Brother Chetzi that I sent a quotation where Brother Brenham says, when people come into the meeting and a witch, he says, a witch can be there. And while a witch is there, people can be healed by looking at the witch while thinking that the witch comes in the name of the Lord. And he says the witch does not make, it does not mean it's right because people are getting healed. Are we together? But how many people will protect the witch? There were healings in the meeting. The witch is the one that performed. And others will come and say, but that's a witch. My question this evening, are you settled? Are you settled? Have you come to a stage where you have reached contentment? And contentment, it means it's a state where you don't worry anymore. 
You know why you know what brings contentment? What brings contentment is when you acknowledge the sovereignty of God in every situation. Is when you say I'm in this situation, but God is in control. Hallelujah. That what brings peace when you know that I'm going through this storm, but God is in control. When Job was going through a storm, he said, God is in control. When Paul was arrested, he said, God is in charge. And that brought settlement. Brother Brenham, he has designed a lot of people. And in one message, he actually designed a minister's daughter. This minister's daughter had was promised by a young boy that he was going to marry her. And once they had agreed, the young man obviously uh, somersaulted or never kept his weight and went away and left that young woman. And the young woman developed the heart problem. And Brother Bram said, when you go and check there, he actually says, her spirit left her. But yet she was still living. And Brother Brenham said, I designed, I said, she was suffering from a murmuring heart. And in the end time, young people, if you get involved in things that you should not get involved in, you may end up suffering from a murmuring heart. Until Brother Brenham spoke to her and said, the young boy, you need not to worry anymore about her. Him, if he never kept his weight, that means he was not good enough to be a husband. Are we together? But what brought that young woman, a minister's daughter, into that situation is because there was no contentment. And when two people uh, 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 get married, if they are both content, the marriage is going to be content. But today, people are not settled. People are being tossed about. And Brother Bram says, as long as you have not made it into the presence of the Shekinah glory, you will be tossed about. And you will be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. You look for this and look for that. There are people that constantly are looking for new stuff in the message. They are looking for a better revelation. A new man of God. It is not the new man of God that you need. You need Christ. And once you have accepted Christ, it brings settlement. It brings the inner peace. Are we together? I'm, I'm just talking about uh, a pilot. This is in closing was just flying over a lake and he had a co-pilot and he said to the co-pilot, he said, listen, uh, when I was a young boy, I used to play down there next to the lake. And I used to see planes flying over and I told myself that one day I would be one of the people that would fly over this lake. And he says, today I look down at the lake, I wish I could be that young boy that used to play by the lake. Why? He thought being a pilot will satisfy his desire, but it never satisfied his desire. 
You don't need to be a pilot. You need Christ. You don't need to be an engineer. You need Christ. I'm not saying you don't need to be that. All other things will be added. But first seek the kingdom of God and the rest shall be added. And once everything is added, then you've got settlement. A lot of us, we look at people that seem to have made it and we admire them, we envy them. But some of them, uh, I have got a friend, he's an executive in one of the companies, and he was speaking to me the other time. He says, you know the pressure that I'm under. He says, one day I was driving down the road, and he's driving a very beautiful Mercedes-Benz. He said, I was driving down the road, I saw a hobo. I wished I could be that hobo. <laughs> Why? It tells you, material possession does not mean contentment. But you need Christ. When you've got Christ, then you've got contentment. Uh, Are we together? And I'm not just discouraging you that you need not to be successful. But through Christ, I can do everything. Who is the first point of contact? Is Christ. Brother Bram said we live during a neurotic age where a psychologist needs a psychologist. Why? It's because you can have education, but without Christ, education is not enough. You can have money. Without Christ, money is not enough. There are people that are successful, but they don't have inner peace. They cannot have an, a peace during the night when they are sleeping. They are tormented. They've got nightmares. Why? It's because down in their soul, there is no inner peace. But I know people that have got nothing. At night, they sleep like babies. Okay, even poor people that are without Christ, they've got nightmares. It's not about social standing. What makes the difference is Christ. And while before I close, the number of suicide rates is skyrocketing. Among our young people, I mean, we're just amazed in Cape Town, a young boy just invented a a water purification system or a water recycling system. And it seemed he was all over the news. It seems like it was a breakthrough. Not long, he was somewhere on the 14th floor of a building and he jumped off to his death. My question is, from a place where you were not nobody, now you are known, you are all over the television, and the next moment, you jump off a 14-floor building. What happened? It's not about whether you've got the ability to invent something. You can invent something, but if you are still without Christ, you don't have peace. Are we together? Our young people are troubled. They, They are committing suicide at a terrific speed. The numbers are skyrocketing. What is the problem? The problem is not anything else. They lack Christ. And once you have accepted Christ, it brings you, it gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. In the midst of chaos, you are settled. Why? Because now Christ in you is the one that becomes an anchor. 
You don't get tossed about. You are settled. You know your conviction. You know your confession. You preserve the integrity of your testimony. Then God has got a respect for such a believer. And there is nothing. A church cannot give you contentment. The pastor cannot give you contentment. Christ alone can give you contentment. And contentment is where you come to a state where you are happy. Whether things are in abundance or there is scarcity. It is immaterial to you. It does not matter. Because why? You have come in contact with Christ. God bless you. How many people are content in the building? (laughs) Hallelujah. Since I came in contact with Christ. And folks, when you have come in contact, as we stand to our feet, what makes the devil thrive in the end time is is when he creates a state of uncertainty. It makes you go into a panic mode. It makes you to make decisions that are not sound because you are in a panicky mode. You've got anxiety. They even created an association for people that have got depression and anxiety because those are the conditions that we find ourselves in because people are overwhelmed. But the scripture says, through Christ, I can do everything. Grace, maybe let us just say, sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my
as we pray, dear Heavenly Father, this evening we are grateful, Father. We are thankful for Heavenly Father coming to your house, Heavenly Father. Like David of the old, as he said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because he knew what was happening there in the house of the Lord. Because he knew that fellowship with God is better than any other things. Heavenly Father, we are thankful this evening to be here just to hear from you, Heavenly Father. Yes. Even tonight, Heavenly Father, indeed you have descended, Heavenly Father, just to talk to our hearts, Heavenly yeah. Father, so that in whatever that we are doing, we cannot be tossed about. We can just know that we are having Christ the rest. We are having Christ the Sabbath. Heavenly Father, oh. we say, Heavenly Father, this message that we have brought unto us, Heavenly Father, a revelation of Malachi 4, Heavenly Father. We know it is by grace, Heavenly Father. That's why, Heavenly Father, after finding it, Heavenly Father, we did know that what we hold, Heavenly Father, it is the truth, Heavenly Father. We will run with it, Heavenly Father, until the day you come, Heavenly Father, and take your bride away, Heavenly Father. Help us. We know the journey is not going to be easy, but Heavenly Father, we are seeking your grace, Heavenly Let Father. So we are seeking your blessing, Heavenly Father, day by day, that Heavenly Father, thou shall be with us, Heavenly Father. In this world that is falling apart, Heavenly Father, in the schools, Heavenly Father, in the houses, in our families, Heavenly Father, we know the devil, Heavenly Father, is roaring, Heavenly Father, just Heavenly Father, whoever, who he can devour, Heavenly Father. But Heavenly Father, we say, Heavenly Father, as we stand with you, Heavenly Father, nothing shall be against, Heavenly Father. That's why, Heavenly Father, we give you praises in Heavenly Father, our lives, Heavenly Father, to come to you, Heavenly Father, to give you praise, Heavenly Father, our conduct, Heavenly Father, help us so that we can stand upright, Heavenly Father, so that people can, Heavenly Father, see Christ in this dying world, Heavenly Father. We are thankful, Heavenly Father. We ask your blessings. We ask the mercy here, your sons and daughters, Heavenly Father. They have come, Heavenly Father, with their needs, Heavenly Father. May this preaching, Heavenly Father, has addressed their needs, Heavenly Father. Yes. We know we are in fellowship with you, Heavenly Father, because you have promised in your word that where two or three are gathered, thou shalt be in our midst, Heavenly mm. Father. We believe that scripture. That's why, Heavenly Father, we say even yes. tonight, we were with you, Heavenly Father. You talk to us, Heavenly Father. You touch us. You uplifted us, Heavenly Father. You have given us direction, Heavenly Father. Mm. Continue to do that, Heavenly Father. Here is our pastor, Heavenly Father. Day by day, Heavenly Father, night by night, Heavenly Father, he's trying by all means to give something to the church, Heavenly Father. Not an easy job, Heavenly Father. We know, Heavenly Father, even us that are preachers, Heavenly Father, that is not an easy job to do, Heavenly Father. What are you going to give the bride, Heavenly Father? But, Heavenly Father, we pray for the blessings upon him. We pray for the blessings upon his family, Heavenly Father, so that, Heavenly Father, his family can just rally around him, Heavenly Father. Even us as the church, we can rally around him, Heavenly Father, so that, Heavenly Father, he cannot get weary or tired, Heavenly Father. He can just stand, Heavenly Father, giving more revelation, Heavenly Father. As his heavenly Father continue to do your job, Heavenly Father. Bless each and everyone that is here, Heavenly Father. You know their needs, Heavenly Father. Even those that couldn't come, Heavenly Father. We are praying. We say, Heavenly Father, all the bondage of the devil, the chains, Heavenly Father. We break them in the Lord, in the name of the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Let them have that opportunity to come when we assemble like it, Heavenly Father. We commit this service. We commit everything that has happened today to you, Heavenly Father. As we are leaving this place. 
May you bless us, Heavenly Father, by giving us traveling mercy, Heavenly Father. Bless our families, Heavenly Father. We commit all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you richly. We'll see you on Sunday. Have a blessed week of what remains of it. Uh, This is Sunday. What is the date for this Sunday? the 25th, and then the next Sunday is the 4th. Am I correct? Okay. Yes. It's 20. This week is the 25th. On the 4th, but we'll announce it again on Sunday. On the 4th, your leadership team has suggested that we need to come to church and after, immediately after church, we will have meals, all of us here at church. And once we have uh, partook of the meal for an hour or so, so that means when you come, either you will rush home or you need to bring your overall, you need to bring your apron. Once we have eaten, the brothers will be busy with painting. Sisters will be busy fixing their... We need to fix the entire yard. It's our facility. We take pride in it. Then we need to take care of it. Are you, are you with me? So while I did come with suggestion on Sunday, we, if we need to plant flowers, let's plant flowers. But let's, let's make it look like it is a place that we take pride in it. Are we together? Why? We could, have, we could bring a company to come and do that. But we thought the best is if we do it as a church, once we have done it and we know it's ourselves who have done it, it brings a sense of pride. Uh, can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Okay. Then the brothers who are available before that other Saturday, maybe those that are available starting from this Saturday, can just make their way to maybe to Brother Departy or to or Brother Philip, and say on Saturday we are available. We just want them to identify cracks in the building where maybe they need to bring, put up a polyfiller, and we put up a polyfiller so that when we paint on the next Sunday, everything should be in order. And they will organize material. We, I think I will regard it as our, our fun day. Uh, we together. Amen. So we take care of our, our, our environment. Amen. We go to the sisters, the blinds, they are worn out. We, we've got to change that. The place has got to, to reflect that this, you know that the house of the Lord must be better than your house. The house of the Lord must be better than your house. The house of the Lord must be better than your house. In the moment, the house of the Lord or your house is better than the house of the Lord, it may seem that their priorities are not in place. I know when they built Isle Tabernacle, there's a brother called Brother Kadiwa, the other brother Kadiwa. Is it a treasure, are they? Yes. Brother just... Who? Brother? Rayfan. Brother Rayfan Kadiwa, I, was, I just got to know about his testimony. They were building the church. 
And that year he said, they, I'm told, he told his family, we are not going to buy anything better until the house of the Lord is right. And they did not do that. They made sure that they helped with the house of the Lord. And I'm told that by doing that, he is one of the well-off people in Zimbabwe. He's rich. Where did his riches come from? His attitude towards the work of the Lord. We uh, here, sisters, you, the restrooms here, they must be better than your restroom in your house. And we need to teach our kids that the house of the Lord, things must be better than they are in our house. Hallelujah. If something is broken, it will be fixed. We have told you the trustees, they will respond faster so that we take pride in our facility. God bless you richly. But I will expound on that on Sunday. But looking forward to that day. Uh, where it will be a time of fellowship, getting to know one another. Uh, there will be, I think we were going to have a good time. God bless you, Rishi. Just give us a song. Maybe the song may say, What is in your heart? Amen. Blessed be the time. Bless you.